Praise shall continually be in my mouth. Praise the Lord on this beautiful day that he's created just for us. Just for us. And we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Our scripture this morning is found in 1 John 
the fourth chapter, starting at the 17th verse. And this verse tells us all about God's greater love. And it reads like this. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. As we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. Is that powerful? No love is greater. No love is stronger. And God's love awakens us in powerful ways to fulfill his message for others on this earth. And that is salvation, salvation through Christ Jesus. Shall we pray? Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for the rising of the sun, and we will praise your name until the going down of the same. We thank you, Lord, for having a beautiful house of worship where we can just come and sit in your presence. We ask, Father God, that in the name of Jesus, that you pour your spirit out on this place today. Have us running around just shouting your name and thanking you for your goodness and your mercy. And for these ashes that you have turned into beauty, we thank you, Lord. We ask that you just be present in every aspect of our worship today. And for that, we say thank you, Lord. And we say, bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Hey, CTC family. I'm Chrissy, and here's this week's news. On Father's Day weekend, our popular car show is back. Sunday, June 20th, from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Bear Campus. To make this happen, we need you to get involved. We need people for setup, traffic and parking, greeting and hospitality, and cleanup. If you would like to be a part of this team, contact Lynn Poindexter at lpoindexter at ctcde.church or call the church office. Next weekend, we will conclude the first part of our series, Mark My Words. Then, the weekend of June 12th and 13th, we will begin a series of individual messages called It's a Cultural Thing. In these messages, we will take a look at the challenges of living out faith in various cultures throughout the world. In the first of these, we will hear from our own John Akiocha, and he will share with us what it's like to live the Christian faith in Nigeria. Looking outside the walls of the church and seeing opportunities to minister to people who are in need is a key component in the life of our church. Our youth group is planning a trip August 1st through 6th to West Virginia to help with Appalachian service projects. During this trip, our students will be working on renovations on a house for a family living in poverty. If you would like more information, contact Daniel Carroll at dcarroll at ctcde.church or call the church office. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.church.
Church or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the Bear Campus office at 302-836-2862 or the Ellesmere Campus office at 302-998-4584. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.church. Or, if you are worshiping online, you can hit the Request Prayer button at the bottom of your screen. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. Extraordinary men and women went before us with unmatched resilience, enduring hardship when called upon to defend and liberate. They said yes. They found courage to rise with every son, loyalty toward their country, discipline for every command. Even in the darkest hours, they said yes. They cherished and fought for freedom, so those coming behind them were assured of it. And when the moment came for them to give it all, their futures never to be written, they said, yes. Today, we think upon their sacrifice and find our way to honor them, saying yes to making the most of what they gave us and filling the earth with God's goodness. We thank them for their yes. They will never be forgotten. Amen. As we remember those who paid the ultimate price so that we could live in a country that's free. And I in no way want to compare it to the sacrifices that Christ made on Calvary, but it is worth mentioning that the cost to live in America has not been free for many families who, on this weekend, remember those that they lost. So I'm glad that we remember them too. So today, I'd like to officially welcome you. Glad that you're here. We always want to connect with you. So if you're in the room, there's a connect card on your table or in your chair. If you're online, there is a tab that you can click to connect. Please complete the information for you and everyone that's your family or with you at your table or on the benches or chairs next to you. If this is your first time here and you're in the room, then we ask that as you exit the celebration room after the service that you stop at the Welcome Center, which is on the left. A member of our pastoral staff, either Pastor Vaughn or Pastor Bill, will meet with you and talk with you, or a trained service host will meet and talk with you. If you're new here and you're online, then we ask that you click the New Here tab and complete the information found there. Someone, and usually someone from Pastor Bill's staff will reach out to you after the service is over um, via mail. As we transition to a time of giving, 
I'd like to um, direct your attention to an envelope on your table or on your bench. Or um, if you're online, there is a tab that you can click to give a one-time gift or a recurring offering. Over the past several weeks, we have been focusing on several principles of giving. And I'm going to ask that we um, see the principle now, which is to is that we give to support those who proclaim the kingdom. Many of you probably received a letter over the last week that tells you how our church uses the money that we've been given. And stewardship is a testament of our our faith, our relationship with Christ. So this Bible verse supports that. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you, 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 me, everyone in our virtual audience, rich. We are richly blessed by the gift of salvation. And just thinking about how much God loves us brings tears to my eyes. I've never experienced love like that. And I pray that you haven't either. So please stand with me as we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift that you have given us through your son, Jesus Christ, who died on Calvary's cross, rose from the dead, so that we may experience eternal life with you. And Lord, please help us, help our ignorance when sometimes we act like we deserve what you gave, but we don't. Because without Jesus' atoning blood, our righteousness is just filthy rags. But Lord, more importantly, this prayer is helping us to, talking to you about helping us to live more generously with our time, with our talents, and to give more generously those things as well as our treasures. So we ask, dear Lord, that in Jesus' name you bless the gifts that we place before you. Bless the gift, bless the giver. Let it be used for the upkeep of your kingdom so that those who are touched by it experience the life-changing love found in Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please remain standing as we continue in worship. served our country and paid that ultimate price, but God paid that price for us so that we could have eternal life. Amen? And He is greater than anything. And water you turned into wine Open the eyes of the blind There's no
our God is for us, who can stand against us? Amen. No weapon that is formed against us will prosper. Psalm 23 says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. His mercy and His goodness and His grace, they overtake us. We can't escape it. You might be looking at circumstances in your life where you think, where is the mercy of God and where is the goodness of God? But it's everywhere in our lives. If we take time to look for it, if we take time to acknowledge it, even in the difficult times, even in the dry seasons, the desert seasons, when we can't see light at the end of the tunnel, we can be assured of God's goodness. Amen.
sing of God's goodness, not because we've heard about it, but because we've seen it. Because he allows us to live in grace, to walk in his grace, and he gives us mercy when we don't even deserve it. So let's sing of the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Sister Tony is standing with me. She's the director of children's ministry. She's going to give you some instructions. Now? Okay. Okay. Anyone that has children would like to go back with the children's ministry, we're dismissing now. You can meet me in the back. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Tony. And as our beautiful babies exit the room, we can thank God for them too. Raise a child in the way that he and she should go, and they surely shall not depart from it. Let us look to the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for being the God, the only God. And we thank you for allowing us to sing of your goodness. Oh, thank you for loving us so much that you pursue us through our sin, straight to the altar for salvation and forgiveness. And Father, now, as we turn to hear a word from you, please bless Pastor Vaughn. The message that you gave him, we know that it came from you as we heard it last night, but we expect this day for that word to penetrate even deeper for it to take root and for the fruit that it bears to all point toward you. So we ask, dear Heavenly Father, that you bless us. Bless the message giver. Bless the hearers of the message. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. The Gospels tell us a lot about the character of Jesus through its descriptive terms. We see him as teacher, healer, redeemer, savior, messiah. But the busyness of life and the cares of this world threaten to crowd all that out and make it seem like just a huge jumbled mess. When we truly invite Jesus to guide our lives and our thoughts, he'll show us who he really is. Mark my words. Body. All I heard was my wife. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Has he been good to you? As the song says. Has he been faithful to you? Then let's praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says everything, everybody with breath should praise ye the Lord. You can't go wrong doing that. It pleases God, and it's just good to hear as a Christian. Uh, it's so wonderful to see so many people here today. I thought you'd all be on the beach somewhere, but look at this crowd. It's amazing. And if you just turn to somebody and just tell them, it is so good to see your smiling face. If you've got a mask on, maybe just pull it down a little bit. It's been a long time since we can look at smiling faces. James, let me see your smile. <laughs> Thank you, brother. You have a lot of reasons to smile. Praise God. Which brings me to the next part of what I have to say. Just um, 
segueing into what we just heard about our veterans. So many of them have not come home from the wars, but we are so blessed to have people here today who have fought, who have served, and they are here today. And for that, we are so thankful. I would like to ask all the veterans in the house, would you just please raise your, would you stand please? Let us recognize you. Thank God that he brought you back home. And if somebody could take a microphone, would you go and have each veteran just say when he served and what branch, please? Let's give honor to those who honor us due. U.S. Coast Guard. U.S. Coast Guard, late 90s to present. Amen. Thank you for your service. Thank you, Dar. Del, uh, Del Regard said um, 79 to 85. Amen. Uh, U.S. Navy, 2005 to 2010. Amen. U.S. Army, 23rd Infantry. Thank you, Roger. God bless you. Welcome home, sir. Army National Guard, uh, 83 to 86. Brother Staz, welcome home. United States Air Force, 2003 to 2007. Air Force, 86 to 2021. Thank you, Brother Dave. U.S. Army, 1968 to 1970. Amen. Thanks, Thanks. U.S. Infantry, 25th Division, 66 to 68. United States Navy, 62 to 65. Amen. Amen. Is that everybody? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess I am one. I'm hiding, though I'm very proud to have uh, served. Uh, United States Air Force, 1965 to 1969. Thank God. I thank God he brought all this home. Brother James, I just want to acknowledge you. This man won the Bronze Star in Vietnam. He went through a lot. Thank you for your service. And all of you are heroes. God bless you. You may be seated, please. And just maybe to lighten things up a little bit, I'm going to do something that I haven't done in the past, not for a long time. I got some church humor here, uh, just a little bit, and maybe to put a smile on these faces that haven't seen the sun in three days. <laughs> okay. Um, Fulton Goose had been the bane of every church secretary. If you don't believe me, ask Larry. But uh, let, these be a, let this be a fair warning if you put something on the bulletin board at the church. One says, Thursday night, potluck supper. <coughs> Excuse me. Prayers and medications to follow. Not meditations, 
medications. Okay. For those of you who have children and don't know it, there is a nursery downstairs. That's a good one. If you have children, I hope you know. Uh, this one says, this being Easter Sunday, Mrs. Bertha Lewis will come forward and lay an A on the altar. <laughs> you like that, Will? <laughs> okay. This one says, next Sunday, a special collection will be taken to defray the cost of the new carpeting. All those wishing to do something on the new carpet will come forward and do it. Ooh. To those who are attending the National Prayer and Fasting Conference, your registration fees includes three meals. Okay, so much for fasting. Uh, ladies, I, I like this one. Ladies, don't forget the rummage sale. It's a chance to get rid of those things you don't want to keep around your house. And don't forget your husbands. <laughs> and I think my wife is back to wave now. Okay. And... Uh, that's enough. That's enough for now. Praise God. Uh, amen. Is that okay? It's all right to smile in church, right? The Bible says uh, a little humor does the body good like medicine. The opposite drieth out the bones. We need a little humor in church, as long as it's in the beauty of holiness. We're going to continue on in our study of uh, Mark, the book of Mark, entitled Mark My Words. Last night when I asked that anybody... Uh, know the different titles, monikers of Jesus. I'm, I'm expecting one by one. And one lady, uh, Linda, uh, stood up and said all of them. But does, she sure did, didn't she? But does anybody know all of them? Maybe Diane? Stand up, please. That's fine. She, no, she had it written down. Amen. All right. Very good. It does my heart good to know that you all are listening and we're all learning. Are you enjoying this so far? Amen. I know I am. I'm learning a lot. Here. Just studying for it and doing it and hearing Pastor Roger bring the things that he brings and learning a lot about farms from him and farm animals. <laughs> and to take a bath so you smell better than the farm animals. That was last week. Some of his humor <laughs> last week. Today's terminology for Jesus not only tells us who Jesus is, but also why he came to this earth, why he came to dwell amongst us. We call that the incarnation, God coming to earth to be a man. We're told about that in John 1, verse 14, where it says, And the word became flesh, amen, and we beheld his glory, that of the only begotten, somebody told me, Last night, not just son, but begotten son, full of grace and full of truth. We are all sons of God. Maybe I ought to make that clear. We're all sons or daughters of God. But he has only one begotten son. Begotten through the Holy Spirit, coming together with the Virgin Mary. And henceforth, we have Jesus Christ brought into this world. That is the incarnation. For those of you who might have forgotten, praise God. Today we encounter Jesus in perhaps, I feel, his greatest role, that is of Messiah. Would you say that with me? Messiah. I like the way you did that. Stand up. Turn around and just say that with that same 
voice. Messiah. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you, Will. Messiah. And that is uh, the Hebrew for Yeshua, for Jesus. Now, in the Greek, they call him, you know, Christ. He is the Christ. Amen. And they both mean the anointed one. Let us turn in our Bibles to Mark 8, 27 to 30, and we'll hear where for the first time in eight chapters, this is told to us that Jesus is the Messiah. And can we all read together, brothers and sisters? Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, who do people say I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah. And so others say one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked. That's a question Jesus asked all of us. What about you? Who do you say I am? And Peter answered, let's all say it together, you are the Messiah. Some uh, additions, some translations say you are the Christ. Praise God. Jesus asked a simple question, folks. At least it seems simple when, you, when we hear it. But it contains so much power and so much implication, especially in the answer when one is asked, who is Jesus Christ to you? Would you be able to have said, thou art the Christ, thou art the Messiah? Remember, in those days, to say so could cost you your life. Peter knew that. He was aware of that. He saw the way the people, the Pharisees and such, were treating Jesus and to a claim to be in allegiance with anyone other than the Roman government and Herod and Pontius Pilate, not to be in the Sanhedrin. It could cost you your life. It could cost you your, your way of making a living. They could put you outside of the, of the gates, and you would have to fend for yourself. You wouldn't have the community to be there with you. So he was saying a very, very dangerous statement for him and the disciples. Yet, he said it as usual, with his usual bombastic way, the way Peter is, in a boisterous way, he was proud to say it. It sounds like, thou art the Messiah. I stand by this, brothers and sisters. Every church needs a Peter, needs an apostle Peter. Sometimes you think they're a little bit too far out there and a little bit too loud, but you need that boldness in our church. No wonder that this is the man that Jesus gave the keys to the church. You read the book of Acts, and you'll see that's whose hands he put it into. When I think of this statement that Peter made, I can't help but draw a modern-day conclusion. Back there around that same time in the book of Acts, first of all, we're told that the first martyr, Stephen, also gave acclamation to Christ and to his faith. And what did they do to him? They stoned him. Amen. Just that just came to me. I just wanted to verify what I was saying. It could cost you your life. Here recently, back in 1999, in Columbine, Colorado, it was a very sad day at a local high school by the same name. A similar question was asked of a young lady. Her name was Cassie Bernal. Do you remember her? Yes, thank you. She was asked by two young tourists 
were going through the school, killing people. And they very obviously did not care for people who loved the Lord. They asked her, are you a Christian? And she boldly told them, yes, I am. That was the end of her life. She said yes, brothers and sisters, when she was asked that question. Tantamount to what Peter was asked. A question that one day any of us could be asked. The night before Cassie was killed, she wrote a poem, a note handed to her friend Amanda the next morning, April 20th, 1999. She said, honestly, I want to live completely for God. It's hard, it's scary, but totally worth it. Before that day was over, she would be in heaven with Jesus. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. Could you have done that? Could I have done it? I can only pray that I would. I'm going to get off this subject. I just want to say something that her mother wrote in her book. Misty Burnell wrote in a dedication to her daughter in her book, To my daughter Cassie, the little girl who brought joy to my heart, and the brave young woman she was, whose life has touched an entire nation. Brothers and sisters, her life has not only touched an entire nation, it has touched the world. Amen. Can we just give her a hand clap? What an example for all of us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Folks, Peter was absolutely 100% correct in what he said, that Jesus was the Messiah. But we should ask, how did he know? This was not a conversation they were having with Jesus, at least up to now, throughout the first eight chapters of the Bible, of uh, Mark, I had to think, did Peter, did he suddenly have an epiphany? All of a sudden, this came to him. This is who Jesus is. Did he develop latent clairvoyant skills that we're not aware of? Was he reading his daily horoscope that day? I hope not. I hope that's something no Christian does. Reading horoscopes. Things like that, astrology. That is not for us to do, amen? The secret things belong to God. Praise God. None of the above, my friends. He, didn't, he, he did none of that. We're going to see what it was that made him aware. I should say who it was of who Jesus was, but we'll get to that in a second. At this juncture, I want to take a little pause and take us in a different direction. I want us to consider that we have traveled halfway through the Gospel of Mark, and it is only now, I've sort of alluded to this before, only now do we hear that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the Anointed One. He is our Savior. All those terms are proper and correct. And I want you to know it was not the fault of the disciples that this has not been discussed. Jesus had not brought this point up. He had been doing other things up until now. Jesus was on a schedule. He was a man of order. There's no confusion in God. There's no confusion in the Godhead. Jesus was on a schedule. Ecclesiastes 3, 1, 8 said there's a time for everything. That's Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived. There's a time for everything. And that's something that we need to realize also. We can't do everything at one time, church. And because you're not doing what you want to do in ministry or in the world today, doesn't mean you're not going to do it five, ten weeks or years down the road. 
We just have to trust God. Do what we're told to do in, in Matthew, what is it, 633? To put God first in everything. To put Christ first. Isn't that what it tells us to do? To make him number one. We're told to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Lean not to our own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5, 6. In all our ways, acknowledge who? God. Amen. And what will he do? He, he will deliver our steps to us. He will make the way for us. He will part the waters. He'll bring us streams in the desert, whatever we need. He'll make a way where there was no way. Praise God. That's our Messiah. That's our Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we give him a hand clap? I, I just want to rejoice sometimes when I think about how good Jesus has been to us, to me, to my family. As Debbie sang so beautifully, God is a good God. He's faithful. In Psalm 100, we said we should be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why? Because the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. Aren't you glad? I know I am. I'm glad. I get so happy when I think about that. That just makes me want to jump up and shout and say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody said to me today, they asked me, how are you and Gwen coming along with your loss? And I had to thank her so much for even asking. Many of you have been praying for us. We know that. And I said, I'm so glad I'm a Christian. I'm so glad that we have faith. I'm so thankful for the word of God. But we haven't lost her. We know where she is. And we know that our Redeemer lives. Amen? Do you know that he lives, as Job says? And one day we will not only see him again, but we will see her again. And we all have that same blessed hope, brothers and sisters. If you've lost somebody, you've lost them to Jesus. He said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I'm not planning to say this. This is the Holy Spirit speaking to somebody. God is a good God. This person said to me, would this person like to raise their hand? There you go. Thank you, dear we were talking about how could anybody make it without, would you say? Yeah. Yes. How do, they, how do they make it through that without hope, without Jesus? That is so true. I'm going to tell you right now, when the bottom falls out of your life, you'll need Jesus. You will need Jesus. And thank God he's there just waiting for us to pull us through. Chapter 8, one halfway through the book of Mark, he records miracle after miracle, those first eight chapters. That was the schedule that Jesus was on. He was laying the format, the basis for his ministry. We saw him heal thousands. He said everybody who came to him for healing, he healed them. Miracle after miracle. We just need to stop and think about how good he is. And he's, if he was that good then, he's that good now. He says, I'm the same yesterday, today, amen, right, tomorrow, forever, right now. He did many deliverances from legions of demons, as we heard a couple of weeks ago. Proof upon proof that Jesus is and was no ordinary man. 
with even demons declaring him to be the Son of God. Do you? Do you tell people about Jesus? The demons did. And though many people came to him and spoke glowingly of him, no one up to now has yet said, you are the Christ or the Messiah until right now. Once again, just realize there's a time for everything in our lives. If you haven't gotten out of life personally or in the ministry, what you were hoping for, what you had planned, give God time. Even Jesus had to take his time before he made it so clear that he was the Messiah. There's an order to all these things. Jesus' first two years, this is point number one, I'm going to make four or five. Jesus' first two years of ministry, it was a ministry of miracles, also of continuing the ministry of John the Baptist. He was continued John's ministry after he was executed. And that was one of the repentance through baptism. It wasn't the ministry that Paul would continue on with. For we are saved by grace. He was preaching the word of God, quieting horrendous winds. Think about all that Jesus had to do. One man quieting horrendous winds, tumultuous waves, feeding thousands of people with plenty to spare, all from just a few fish and a few loaves of bread. What kind of man is this? The disciples finally had to ask. That can quiet the seas and cease the winds. That can feed thousands from just a few loaves of bread and a couple of fish. That's the God we serve, brothers and sisters. He can make something out of nothing. I'm just so glad that's who I've given my heart to, my allegiance to. What else was Jesus doing in this period? He was teaching the masses. Casting out demons, raising the dead. Jesus was busy, church. I like, uh, I mentioned this to you a couple of weeks ago. There were three main things that Jesus did. We just mentioned the main thing, the Messiah. We're going to get a little bit more into that, coming to save us. He was also undoing the works of the devil. 1 John 3, 8 tells us. Of course, he did that on the cross. But church, he's undoing the works of the devil every day of our lives. Every day, Satan is trying to bring us down. When asked by the Lord, what are you doing? Where have you been? He says, I've been going to and fro. Doing what? Seeking who I may devour like a roaring lion. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy our lives, our dreams, our futures. But Jesus, time after time, has thwarted him and stopped him. Are you familiar with that uh, little uh, 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 poem called Footprints? When in the very worst times of our life, and the person says, Lord, where were you? I only see one set of footprints. Guess whose footprints those were? Those were his. Say it a little bit louder, please. They were Jesus' footprints as he carried us. He's carried me, church. He will carry you. Praise God. In the word, Messiah, We see here that Jesus turns the disciples' attention, away so much from his miracles, but to what we call his passion, to his primary purpose for coming to this earth. John spoke of it later on in his gospel, if you remember. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, don't know what screen it's on, that whosoever believes in him, Shall not perish. Let's all stand together, guys. 
everlasting life or eternal life. Thank you, Bill. Amen. Praise God. And then verse 17. They really go together. Most people don't realize you need to put the two together. Verse 17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. He came to save us. Praise God. So thankful that he's done this. Hallelujah. Praise God. Point two. Let's skip over something here. Who told Peter Jesus' true identity? All right, I know most of you know, but let's turn to Matthew 16, verse 13 to 19. We're going to read this aloud, and we'll see just who told him this. It did not come, once again, from a fortune cookie. <laughs> it didn't come from a horoscope. It didn't come from some psychic on the West Coast, okay? Here's where this deep, great knowledge comes from. And Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and so others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Excuse me, it's getting warm up here. But what about you, he asked. Come on, guys. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter, oh, I love Simon Peter. He answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Here's where I want to hang our coats on right at this point. Who told him? Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in where? In heaven. Amen. It came from God. It came from heaven. And folks, this is where God has led me to focus the crux of my message on. If you want to know something, go to God. When we don't ask him, even the, the minutest thing, the smallest thing, it insults God. You might say, well, I knew the answer. I don't need to go to God. He wants us to go to him about everything. How do we know that? Scripture says we're to rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. That's asking to God, asking God, talking to God. Uh, constantly, <clears throat> and in all things give thanks. Appreciate that. In all things give what? Are you thankful? Yes. Amen. That's that's good. That's a good yes. All right. That's what we want to walk out of here with the ability to say yes. yes. You know. Thank you, Will. Yes. John. Uh, let me get here. From this point on, as I said, Jesus. Is focused on one thing primarily Calvary, the cross. Jesus was now consumed with his divine fulfillment of what's known in biblical circles as God's plan of redemption for man. Do you know when it first started? Anybody? What chapter? In the very beginning, amen. In Genesis 3:15, where God speaks of the man, Jesus, doing what to the serpent's head? Stomping it, crushing it. Amen. And he did that when he hung on the cross and shed his blood. When that first drop of blood hits the ground, poor Simon Peter was probably over in the distance somewhere looking, thinking it's all over. But he didn't realize it wasn't over. It had just begun. This wasn't the uh, 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 ending of the beginning. This was the beginning of the end of Satan's reign. Jesus had conquered death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah. By shedding his blood. 
And we're told in Hebrews, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. He had to do that so we could be saved. Once again, aren't you glad? Hallelujah. We, we want to be up here rejoicing. Thank you, Jesus. What a mighty God. Let me start winding down, brothers and sisters. Praise God. As he once told his mother as a little boy standing in the temple, Mother, know you not. I must be about my father's business. Luke 2.41. This was it, church. This was his passion. This was it. Friend, I think I mentioned to you a particular verse, Hebrews 12. Does anybody have that? Would you read that, please? You have, you have a mic? Go ahead, please. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much, my sister. Thank you, Linda. That's where he is right now. Doing what? As our advocate. The only advocate between us and God is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Praise God. Amen. That's where we go for our information, for our everything, is Jesus Christ, is God, is in heaven. He's not only our daily supply, he is our source, or should be, for everything. Even Jesus did not speak a word unless he got it from who? Right, we mentioned this a couple of messages ago. Right, you remember. John twelve forty nine says, Jesus said, For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all I have spoken. To God the Father. That's what he told Peter. And I have here, we should go to God for information the same way. In prayer and supplication and thanksgiving and through the Bible. Praise God. The Bible will tell us so much. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17 tells us. Let's read, guys. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. If you don't have the word of God in you, brothers and sisters, you're not where you need to be. You have to be in that word. That word has to be in you. A little something here from Rick Warren. He said, Jesus says that both knowing and applying the word, it's not enough just to know it, Knowing and applying the Word of God creates the foundation for our lives. The Word of God, foundation for our lives. In order to be Christ-like, we must become living translations. Paul calls them living epistles. Living translations of God's Word. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus said in Matthew seven twenty-four, just to bolster that up, everyone who... Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. On the rock versus where? Sand. Right. Loose and shifting sand. God's word is unlike any other book. It is alive. Praise God. uh, The Bible says in Hebrews 4.12, it is quick and powerful. 
sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul, the spirit, the joints, and the marrow. That's the three parts of our bodies. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When I line me up, when I line you up with the Word of God, I know just who I am, who you are, where I'm lacking, and where you're lacking. Because God's Word is true. He says, let God be true, and every man a liar. He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he need repent. So when people ask you, what do you think, Vaughn? What do you think? Said, you don't care what I think. Ask him what the Bible says, and we'll start there. That's what I think. If it doesn't line up with this, I try not to pay it a whole lot of attention. Paul calls it a doctrine of demons if it doesn't line up with God's word. When God speaks, I'm running out of time, folks, so I'm going to read here. When God speaks, our lives are transformed, and that can only happen by making the Bible the authoritative standard for our lives. That's what Rick Warren says. Is the word of God the authoritative standard for your life? It is the compass we rely upon for the direction we're to go forth in. It is the counsel we listen to for making wise decisions and the benchmark we use for evaluating everything. He said everything, folks. The Bible should always have the first and last word in our lives. Quote, quote unquote. Thank you, Rick Warren. Thank you very much. George Washington encourages all of us to seek out God's guidance. I love George Washington and is many, many wise sayings. He says we need to go to the Word of God for guidance, wisdom, and protection. Here's exactly how he quoted it. It is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore His protection and favors. Do you ask God to favor you, to protect you every day? When we do this, we are in excellent position to be blessed. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to summarize this. My next point is, what did Messiah or Christ truly mean? Well, Peter had his thoughts about what it meant. But it was not what it truly meant. To him and the disciples, being the Messiah, meant you're going to come into the town of Jerusalem, run the Romans out. You're going to take over, get rid of Herod. Amen. Pontius Pilate, out the door, you're, you're gone. And you're, you're going to make us disciples, your lieutenants. We're going to sit on our side of you, Jesus. By the way, they weren't far wrong. They're sitting up there now. Praise God. But the timing, once again, wasn't quite right. Praise God. They had the titles right, but they had the wrong timing. Oftentimes in life, we think we know the answers, brothers and sisters, to things in this world. We, in fact, we know that we know that we know, don't we? Will Rogers, a great humorist, said it's not the things that we don't know that get us into the biggest problems in our lives. It's the things that we know, I mean that I know, that just ain't so. That was Peter. He just knew that's what was going to happen. But in reality, it was not. I'm going to show you a quick example here on this little film clip. You're going you're gonna to like this. There's one question. Only one answer. Whoever gets it, you're playing for $10,000. That's it. Whoever guesses this wins the game. Here we go. 
Name Popeye's favorite food. Chicken. <laughs> chicken. Show me chicken. Spinach, Sherry. <laughs> Somebody here on our staff who does an imitation of that girl so good, and I, I promised her a free dinner for her and the family if she'd come up and do it. And, and Daniel says, "Well, I'll make her do it." But Christy said, "No way, she's not going to do it." So in, anyway, uh, once again, just a little, a little fun at somebody's expense. For those of you who don't know it, if you're under the age of 30, Popeye was a cartoon character who loved spinach. That was before Popeye's chicken. But sometimes we, we know that we know, like Peter and, the, and them did, but they were wrong. Church, Jesus has a plan for all of our lives, just as certainly as there was one for his life and death. He explained to Peter and the disciples after this main verse, verse 31 to 33, going onward, that he would have to suffer in his passion, that he would be betrayed, tortured, crucified, buried, and resurrected. Why? Because he loved us. Once again, John 3.16, 3.17. Jesus tells the disciples in verse 34, and subsequently he tells you and I, I'm ending on this. We must deny ourselves if we're going to be his followers. We must take up our cross and follow him. Like Cassie did. She said yes when she was asked about her faith. And when you're asked who Jesus is to you and what he means to you, just how will you respond? How will I respond? Our very eternity depends on it. Jesus says, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father. I ask you, are you prepared in your heart to be able to give a defense for your faith? When someone asks you, even if it's the Antichrist, with a sword to your neck because you would not take his mark, Read Revelations 13. Will you say, yes, I am a Christian? Thank you, Will. I believe you would. They said, yes. Young man Will said unequivocally, yes, I will. That's what the Lord wants to hear from us, my friends. When you think of all that Jesus did for us, how can we not do that for him? In the words of Hebrews 2, 3, how shall we escape if we forsake so great a salvation? Praise God. Praise God. Lastly, study the word of God, my brothers and sisters. Just don't read it. If you need to, get it off the dashboard, dust it off. <laughs> study the word of God so that you will know the God of the word. I'll say that again. Study the word of God so you will know the God of the word. Be a word man, brother. Be a word woman, my sister. Young people, be word children. Know the word. Let it be in and out throughout you. Paul says that we are to hide it in the midst of our heart, to incline our ears into its saying. 
Let it not depart from our eyes. Why? Because it is life to those that find it and health to all our flesh. You, you need some help in your life? Read the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Go to Isaiah, Isaiah uh, what is it, 53, 5, which says that Jesus was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace, our well-being, our shalom is upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Amen. We are the healed of the Lord because of the, of the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray, brothers and sisters. Glory to God. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you, O God, for allowing us to be here today, God. You didn't have to do it, Lord. You blessed us with another day to bask in your presence, to join the angels who are standing against the wall of this church right now at attention as the word of God is being presented with reverence and holiness. We thank you, dear God, that we can have even a little chuckle here or there. But, Lord, we don't chuckle at the word of God. We thank you. We ask that you order our steps according to your word. Watch over all of us, dear God. Thank you for bringing us to a horrendous year. Continue to keep us safe from all hurt, harm, and danger. Hallelujah. Thank you for that, Jesus. Cover us with your feathers, O God, so that under your wings we can trust. May your truth forever be our shield and our buckler. We ask this humbly, faithfully, and lovingly. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. God bless you, brothers and sisters. Glory to God. save us, who can heal us, who can set us free. God knew that we needed a Savior, and He knew that we couldn't do it on our own. Would you stand with me as we look towards closing our service this morning, and as we think about responding to this message today, maybe I, I, I don't certainly don't know everybody in the room, and, and uh, those of you that are watching us online, maybe you don't know this Messiah that we're talking about. Maybe you need to know Him for the first time. There will be some folks here that can share that information with you. If you want to come to the front and pray, if you want to come to one of our prayer stations and pray, uh, those prayer stations will be open. There will be people there that can pray with you, minister to you. But let's worship the Lord and come and pray if the Lord leads you to do that. Thank you, Lord.
today and we thank you Lord that wherever we go whatever we do whatever we need that you are there and so Lord today we celebrate that Lord send us from this place with your spirit and strengthen us and anoint us we pray in Jesus name and everybody said amen God bless you thank you for worshiping with us this week hope you have a great week Jesus Messiah. 